When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Well, I lamented the fact that we haven't seen enough good batting from both sides, and it's certainly been made up for in this test match. India's day with the bat, a superb century to Shubman Gill. Yes, welcome to Cricket Unfiltered. It's the wrap of day three of the fourth test. I'm Andrew Mensel. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Paul, a very good day for India with the stick. Yeah, although I feel for their captain because I think he was set to break Lara's record. Unfortunately, he got out for 35, um, 365 <laughs> runs short, but I think he was on track for it. Um, Rohit Sharma won't be happy with the shot he played. <laughs> um, yeah, what a day. Uh, congratulations to Shubman Gill, as you say, and congratulations to uh, all Australian fans who watched every ball of it. Um, it was pretty tough going, but very similar to day one. I think that um, day, day one, Australia finished four for 250-odd. <clears throat> and today, uh, India probably pretty much three for 250-odd, given what they were not out on overnight at the end of day two. So it's remarkable how day one was very enjoyable, I thought, but today was a hard grind. I think there's a little bit of bias showing through in that. Well, I, I mean, I think you're right. I thought Australia's spinners in particular bowled pretty well. I mean, Lyon... 37 overs, one for 75, and Murphy, 22 overs, one for 45 in particular. Kuhneman was 13 overs, one for 43. But I actually thought uh, the spinners had a pretty good day for Australia, and it made me sort of think that actually the health of spin bowling in Australia looks pretty good. Yeah, I, I think they bowled well on a, a bit, you know, serviceably. There wasn't a whole lot of turn. It did. I, I listened to most of the day with the sound down, so I'm not sure if the commentators agreed with this, but I felt that in the final session, a few balls started to misbehave, which indicated that maybe the pitch is ready to press the fast forward button at some point. And I did see a graphic showing that the spin on day three was higher than that on day two, and which had been higher than that on day one. 
So who knows? Um, it's it's when you're within the moment that you can sometimes not see it that all history says at some point this match is going to suddenly speed up. But I think every instinct at the moment, a lot of people were thinking, oh, this is just going to peter, peter out towards a draw. It may well do so, but it wouldn't at all surprise me if there was a yet to be a result in this game. I mean, I mean, we'll get into the nitty-gritty, but do you think India are the only team that can win it from here? Because, I mean, they look like the one who could get a big lead on the first innings and then put the pressure on the Aussies. And even if the Aussies have a good day tomorrow and bowl India out, they won't really have enough time to make enough to defend. I think I'd rather be in India's position, definitely. And it's, it's as we talked about in, in, in our earlier reviews, that it's one of these strange things that it looks like a great toss to win, um, but sometimes when both sides get a pretty big first-inning score, the third innings can be quite decisive in Indian conditions where you may go out there with not much to play for and the ball starts to spin and it can be, uh, it can be quite difficult. Um, Australia, I think, did well in the second and third sessions to peg India back somewhat. Now, I, I suppose part of that is that uh, Rohit Sharma was replaced by um, Cheteswa Pajara and he's a much more defensive player. But um, I thought that they gave away singles a little bit too easily in the first session and they, I thought they had better fields through sessions two and three. That's meant that India has only scored, as I said, at roughly the rate that Australia scored um, on day one, and they're still 190-odd behind. So, you know, Australia, if, they, if the pitch starts to misbehave a little bit, if they get a couple of wickets and um, institute a bit of a collapse tomorrow and we're able to knock India over and restrict and have a lead of about 100, then definitely Australia could still um, bat towards making a declaration and force the pace of the match. Uh, if you go forward and say, what about if India got parity and roughly batted to about T with Australia with a lead of about 480, uh, sorry, <laughs> uh, equaling Australia's score of about 480. From that point on, you sort of think, well, it would be difficult for Australia to declare very much, but they're just as likely to not need to declare. They could get themselves bowled out for 180 and then it could be a really thrilling fourth innings chase for India. Yeah, um, I thought I thought the chief reason that they didn't score that quickly was the respect they showed to Nathan Lyon. I thought he had a really good day. Uh, but just going back to the beginning of, of play, so, um, you know, Sharma and Gill came out of the blocks nicely. They scored freely in that first hour. And then Sharma was out to Kuhneman, caught by Labuschagne for 35 or 58. The commentators... Uh, uh, was saying, especially Sonny Gavaskar, was oh the ball held up in the pitch. Uh, didn't look to hold up in the pitch from what from what I saw on the replay. It looked like Sharma just sort of went back and hit it straight to cover. No, I thought it did hold up, but I still thought it was a bad shot. That it was um, it held up slightly, but it was a, it was a borderline long hop, and because it held up slightly, uh, it made the shot slightly more difficult. But someone of his ability shouldn't have um, hit it straight to straight to cover. And then um, there was a couple of, um, well, the first of two um, reviews by Australia that weren't successful. Uh, the second one today was a particularly bad one where Murphy appealed for one. They went, reviewed one on, on Judasia and there was a, a massive in inside edge. You'd, you'd expect someone sort of in close around the bat to, to know that he'd hit it. Yeah, um, the 
the reviews, I wrote, I've written notes down on the reviews and I can't understand my own notes, so I'm not sure. But um, I, I, there was one, you're right, that was very, uh, it was a very disappointing one. Um, it was, was that the one that he was, um, that he was well outside the line? Is that the one that I'm thinking about? Yes, and then the one, um, the one off Judasia late where Murphy he edged it onto his pad, and yeah, Murphy that one was a terrible review. I think it. even if he hadn't edged it, I still think it was um, not going to be out. I think it was it had hit him, you know, outside the line, or it was it was it was not looking like a particularly great one. So that was a bit disappointing. Smith was actually getting a little bit fired up at some of the reviews. Like there was that one where they ended up not reviewing. A Coley caught behind, and Smith was kind of saying to, I think it was Murphy and to Carey, like, "Give me something, guys." Um, uh, I, I, and you know, there's, he was getting pretty frustrated. Ultimately, they made, he made the, the correct decision not to review it. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was kind of some of the Smith of old of, of him getting a bit fired up. So Australia have burned two reviews and they still need seven wickets. Not ideal. Uh, so let's talk about some some great Indian batting. Shubman Gill brought up his second Test hundred off 194 balls. It was his tenth first class century, and he he's got a lovely, elegant way of batting. Um, you know, he plays nice and straight. So uh, you know. He, that that would be very satisfying um, for the Indian selectors because they you know, brought him in ahead of Rahul and he's rewarded them. Yeah, I mean he came into Test cricket with a, fab, a fabulous first class record. It still is fabulous. I'm just looking at it now, averaging fifty one point six. His Test record has been a little bit modest, averaging only around about the thirty mark. But I don't think anyone's in any doubt about his talent. Um, and today was the day to cash in, and it looks like. Um, Coley's cashing in as well, 59 not out of 128 balls. Uh, you would think there's no better opportunity for him to break this century drought that he's got. And um, that's probably going to be the big talking point, certainly out of India tomorrow, if, if he does get 100. Yeah, well, I mean, I was, I was just a bit, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that was his first Test 50 since January last year against South Africa. Um, you know, he hasn't scored, as you say, Test hundred since 2019 his test average has only been in the high 20s in the last four years so you know he's been in a really um poor run of form at test level so he is long overdue for 100 and you're right i think that'll be the big um talking point tomorrow morning you know in that first session up until lunch can he go on and break the century drought and you know as an aussie fan i'm nervous because if he gets 100 and gets sort of the monkey off his back, he could just really open up. And, you know, that's when India could get in front of us, you know, really quickly. And all of a sudden, you know, Australia's, you know, 150 behind when they go out to bat. Absolutely. I think that um, India will look to be very similar to how they have batted for the first session. And then assuming they don't lose a um, a cluster of wickets, if they come out after lunch and the lead is, you know, 100-odd and then rapidly starts to, to dip down into the 90s and 80s, they will start to feel that they can bat with um, complete freedom. And we could start to see some T20 sort of stuff. You know, you know, it's, I shudder to think what some of the, the lower order who already have done very well, Ashwin and Axar Patel, not to mention, obviously, Jadeja, who's in there, and Shreyas Iyer coming in next. And as you mentioned, Coley could do to uh, tired bowlers when they've got absolutely no fear in them. And, um, you know, I, I talked about it on 
on, on day one, I wonder how we would have gone if we'd come, gone out to bat with a, 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 a baseball type approach that um, if Steve Smith had been told before he went out to bat, hypnotised that this was a T20 game, on this pitch, he might have got 100 off 60. Um, there's, I don't think there's any exaggeration in saying that. I do think the pitch may have flattened out. I think that first day was probably a bit tougher to bat on than the second and third day. I mean, I guess, as I said yesterday, Kawaja never really accelerated. I mean, he went at that very sort of slow pace for, you know, a record amount of time for an Aussie batter. So, I mean, I guess if you're going to criticise someone for run rate, he'd probably uh, be in the firing line. No, I'm not criticising him at all. Um, you're on your own there, champ. Um you know, I mean, if you're going to go with Smith, I mean, Kawaji did the same thing for, but for twice, you know, five times as long. Oh yeah, I think, I think that you're drawing a long bow if you're saying that you are um, happy to to bracket the performances of of, of Smith and Kawaja in this match. Kawaja scoring 180 off 422 at a strike rate of 42. Smith scoring 38 off 135 at a strike rate of 28. I'm not going to criticise Kawaja at all. I And I'm not overly critical of Smith. I just think that a player of his ability on this pitch on day one, I don't think it was that hard. And I just think that it was the mindset of, um, you know, we've got to be playing very grinding cricket. And, you know, it, it, that's the way that um, Pajara played it today. Coley hasn't scored all that necessar- necessarily all that quickly. And, it, um you know, even Shubman Gill hasn't scored all that um, super quickly either. But I just think tomorrow um, it might be interesting that we might start to see some very fast scoring. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so let's just talk about the dismissals. Oh, we talked about Sharma, but then Pujara went, and that was a cracker of a ball um, by um, Todd Murphy around the wicket, um, you know, using the angle and then spun it back. He was out for 42 and um, finally Gill was out um, to line for 128 LBW. So they hung Good in there. That one. Um, I thought live, I actually thought he got his pad outside the line, but on the replay, it was one of those ones that um, at the moment of impact, it was well inside, out, well inside the line, but then the thrust of his leg pushed it outside the line, and that's what made me um, get it wrong. So I would have given that not out, and I thought that it was going to be overturned on, on review, but it was three reds. It was, it was a, one of the few good moments for an Australian fan. So India trailed by 191 runs. Let's go to some of the comments now. Anyway, I'm having a bit of a shocker here. But um, so let's put um, – so I can't quite read the names, but I would rather prefer a Turner that would ha- have made the match more interesting. That's Ramanathan. My, uh, my eyes are going. Um, I, I mean, I – I don't mind. So I think we've got to judge this track at the end of the match. And if it if it does start to spin on, you know, tomorrow, late tomorrow and late day five, then I think it will will have been a good track. I know I agree with the commenter. Um, you know, I think that all along I said I didn't approve of the Indian um, methods necessarily of uh, preparing a pitch to, to suit the home team. And I know that some people would think, what's wrong with that? That's the that's home advantage. But I've always maintained. That's not how it should be. You should prepare the best pitch to, to produce the most entertaining cricket that you can, and the ground staff should be independently allowed to do that. But putting that to one side, um, and I do think they overcooked the pitch in the first three test matches. I agree with your point that it 
restricted us in seeing batting at its, um, you know, the full flow of the, of the talent batters that are in their sides. But give me any of those three rather than this. Um, this one's gone too far the other way. Um, and look, if it, if it turns out that days four and five, it does start spinning and um, we, we get a great finish, that's really good. Um, and I will be less critical of it then. But at the moment, it's resembling the pitches in Pakistan that I deplored when Australia was over there. Um, I still think that a lot of people purport to say, pretend to think that this sort of attritional cricket is wonderful. I think attritional cricket, if the, the ball has, an equal, has a good chance of dismissing the batter and if the batter is getting full value for, for their shots, that's okay. But on a pitch like this... I, I think it's been pretty dull these three days. And I think that any uh, new fan to cricket would have turned off pretty quickly and any casual fan would have turned off quite quickly as well. Yeah, um, no, I, I don't mind the pitch so much. Um, with um, Gill's performance today, what do, you, what do you think of him as a player? Do you, you know, do you think he can go on to um, you know, make sort of thousands of test runs? What do you see in him? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, uh, you know me, I'm an absolute um, a sucker for averages. And I, as I said before, uh, he has a fantastic first-class average. Um, I do think that the the balance between bat and ball in India is more in favour of the bat in their domestic conditions than the ball. Some Indian fans have heard me say that in the past and say I'm disparaging their first-class cricket. Not at all. I'm just saying that if I see a bowling average of 23, like I saw with Mohammed Siraj before he came into the uh, Indian side, I thought that's a fantastic achievement. Um, where, whereas if I see an England bowler with an average of 23 coming into test cricket, I think that's very, very good. But because England wickets probably suit the, the bowlers a little bit more, it's not quite as impressive. And I'd, pro- I'd probably put Shubman Gill's um, first-class record into that same context, that if he's um, gone into... You know, he's averaging... Um, what was it, 50, uh, 51.6 in first-class cricket in India. Maybe that equates to something like 48 if he was batting in England. That's still very, very good and sets himself up with the, with the potential definitely to have a, a test career where he averages at least into the mid-40s and maybe higher. Yeah, I, and I think he's got a, he's a nice technique the way he bats. He's very easy on the eye, very elegant. Um, so I really enjoyed his innings today. Um, and then um, it was nice to see Pujara um, stay out there for a little while. So they've set it up. So all to play for tomorrow morning. I mean, I know you said the match has been a bit dull, but, you know, in, going into day four, all results are still possible. If, if Australia has a, a really good session tomorrow morning, then they all of a sudden take control. But conversely, if the great man Virat Kohli heads goes on and makes a century, then it could be India's day. So I'm excited. Um, looking forward to catching up with you at the end of tomorrow's play and um, chatting about the situation of the match. Yeah, and hopefully the game really does fast forward. The worst thing would be if it it does peter out to a draw. I think this series has been so exciting that it it deserves something more than that. Although India, the, the incentive that was always talked about of them needing to win 3-1, it's, you know, Sri Lanka are still in the game against New Zealand, but you'd have to think it still looks unlikely that Sri Lanka would win that series 2-0. So India, I think tomorrow, if they can get through that first session, will start to accelerate, but we'll feel pretty comfortable that if it ends up being 2-1, then, then so be it. Um, so I suppose two parting thoughts. One, 
I, I wonder what an American would make of this in terms of the team selection. Would they say that given that sides sometimes go into matches with only five specialist batters and then have the keeper kind of batting at number six, should Australia have gone the reverse for this match and gone in with one fewer bowlers given that um, the, the bowling has been so sort of um, impotent that they might have been better off stacking the batters and then using some of the parts armors a bit more. I think it's a pity that neither Head nor Labuschagne have been have been given an over. And the second is, if we do find a situation where India, uh, um, you know, get a lead of fifty or sixty and Australia come out to bat late on day four, I hope that they take those lessons um, from. Adelaide of 2006 to heart and realise that if they come out and play with just purely uh, attritional intent, then that's really opening it up for an Indian uh, an Indian win and then they need to play with some judicious aggression. So it's fast-forwarding a long way, but hopefully we see something exciting tomorrow. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to Cricket Unfiltered. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with another wrap. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite app. And thanks for listening or watching. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving, at your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.